0: Welcome to the Digital Empires Podcast. I'm Shruti Pangte, a full-time creator, Pinterest marketing expert, and entrepreneur. I went from a nine-to-five hobby blogger to a full-time digital entrepreneur with complete location and financial freedom in less than two years, and I'm here to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious hustler looking to grow your influence, income, and impact online, then you're in the right place today. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Hey, hey! welcome to a new episode. So in this episode, I am gonna be walking you through how and why I started my business in Germany, what are the things, steps that I actually had to take, how long the process took, what are the mistakes that I made, what are the lessons, and all of these little insights that I wish someone had told me before I would have started this process. So the story actually dates back to the very beginning, which is when I. I moved to Germany for the first time. I'd already been to Germany before while I was on exchange in Poland as a student. And that's when I fell in love with the country. I was really interested in the language. And the fact that they had a free master's program where I didn't really have to pay a lot was a huge motivation for me to move. Now, at this time, I already had a pretty solid career in India. I already got into a business school. I had an MBA. I had worked for a couple of years. I had moved around from a 9 to 5 job to startups. And one could say that I had at least two to three years of experience where I kind of broadly knew what this whole corporate world looked like and it was at the end of 2016 which is when I realized that I didn't really found myself that I would fit in this context and I really wanted to give myself a break and it had always been my dream to move abroad to study abroad so I thought hey why not do it now while I'm still young I believe I was 24 at that age Um, shortly before I turned 25 I think is when I moved to Germany and that was something that was a very very scary decision because I basically took all of my life savings at that point, whatever little I had, and sort of just planted myself in Germany and said, Hey, I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna figure it out and we'll see how this thing goes. And I did do a two year master's program, which stretched a little bit more than two years. And on the side, I was also working with an amazing company. Um, the company is called SUSE, in case any of my ex colleagues are on this podcast and hearing it. I absolutely loved working in that company. I was a student worker there, so I was basically working like 20 hours a week. And the main motivation was obviously to fund my stay in Germany and also take out some of my living expenses while being a student there. However, there was a parallel story going on while I was studying and doing this um, student job and that was that I was starting I had started a blog for fun so at the end of 2016 early 2017 I had started an expat blog where I wanted to share my experiences about you know life in Germany as an Indian girl what are the cultural shocks that I had different things that I saw um, and all of those things that I guess you expect from an expat blog so there's nothing exceptional there but I just kind of wanted to share my story with my friends and family back home and I also wanted to document this journey for myself so that in future if I ever wanted to look back at that time it would be kind of like an online journal so at this point it was pretty much a hobby. I didn't really think much of it. I was doing it whenever I had the time. I had no strategy. I had no plan. I was just sort of, you know, doing it for fun. From the period of 2016 to 2018 is when I was kind of just taking this uh, blog for fun. But my blog was starting to gain traction from the end of 2017, early 2018. And I started to see that there were more and more people who were interested in learning from my experiences and just sort of coming to my website and giving me feedback on what they liked, what they didn't like, and so on. And obviously, as a human being, external validation always feels great. So I was under the impression that, wow, this is a medium that can actually reach a lot of people. I could have global reach with this. And at that point, I was still pretty much doing it as a hobby, so it was, I never really even thought about Monetization at that point, so I started to get really interested in how people who were professional bloggers were doing it. And at the beginning of 2018, I believe it was in March, I was on a flight and I downloaded an ebook. It's from a, a blogger named Ruth Sukup, and I don't even know if her ebook is available anymore. It was very cheap; it was like five or ten dollars, and she was doing a sale, and I bought that. And I was obsessed after reading this ebook. The whole plane ride, I was just reading about her journey, about how she monetized her blog, how she makes seven figures now, how she's been doing it for ten years and so on and so forth. And that was so inspiring to me because I was like, wow, this is something that, that is actually doable that people have already done before. Um, and having grown up in India, I didn't really have access to, I mean, first of all, obviously we didn't really have access to the internet until up until my later years in high school. And even if we did have access, it wasn't such a global thing. Like we didn't have Wi-Fi at home, for example. I mean, we all had computers, obviously, but we didn't really, weren't really on the internet 24-7, so to speak. And I guess maybe some of the other millennials who grew up in India can also relate to that. And that could be why I think I had no exposure to this side of let's say um, making a living through blogging and online marketing and all of those things. Anyhow in 2018 uh, this was when I was still finishing my degree. I hadn't really wrapped up. I think I was doing my thesis or something along those lines at that time and I thought hey why not start a new blog and just give it a shot and see if I can actually make some money from it. So this was more like a challenge that I put to myself and I gave myself a year and I was like I'm gonna give myself one year before I give up and I'm gonna commit to this. I'm gonna post like four times a week. I'm gonna learn everything I can. I'm I'm going to invest in ebooks and e-courses and I'm going to see how I can grow this blog like strategically like a business. But I think it took me about seven to eight months to start making some decent money from it. Like I started to see a couple of dollars here and there come in but it wasn't anything more than coffee money. It wasn't I think until I joined an ad network which was a premium ad network and that was I believe in 2019 when I actually started to see some decent cash come in. So it started small it was probably at around $300, $200 a month or something like this and then towards the end of 2019 it steadily grew to a couple of thousand which obviously for me me was a lot like that was a big shock to me that it's actually possible to even do this so trust me when I say this I was just as shocked as probably you are while hearing this podcast that blogging can actually make you thousands of dollars of money just through one income stream which was ads At that point, I wasn't really doing anything else. I wasn't even actively working on my blog because I was also starting to work in 2019. And that's a story that I'm going to go into much more detail because that really sets up the background for why I switched to being my own boss and why I am never ever going back to a nine to five sort of job, not as long as I can avoid it. So here's the thing, when I finished my thesis and I finished my graduation at the end of 2018, I believe that was, I think in November or December is when I got my degree and everything was done and sorted. Parallelly, I also got a job offer from a local, a company um, in a city where I was at at the moment which is Nunbek and I thought hey you know this looks like a good role it's kind of in social media and product marketing things that I'm interested in I think this might be something that might be that might be worth a shot so I took up the job and I think I started working there probably around December so shortly after I finished my thesis I really wrapped up my thesis very quickly because the company wanted me to join ASAP I joined first I think in December and then I worked there up until summer of the next year now here's what happened while I was working there I was never really clearly told what my goals were and my goals changed because there was a change in leadership as well so the person who was leading the marketing team switched after I think three months or two or three months and basically did a quick handover and the new person that came in um, wasn't really clear about what goals had to be given there wasn't a lot of information about what exactly was the point of my role and what exactly I was doing there and each time I would ask this for my superiors I would always just get a vague answer and I would be told hey you know we don't really know what we're doing so and we do, we will let you know, right? And this was a small company, it had no HR, it had no clear SOPs, it had no clear way to actually develop a company. On the outside, that seems very interesting, because you think, wow, that's a company that could actually grow. When now I think about it, that was a company that was probably already around for a decade. And if they didn't have SOPs in place by now, I guess they would never do that. But clearly, I didn't do that research while I accepted this offer. And I didn't really look into it too much, because um, the, the company actually came across as a referral from my old uh, job. So I thought, if those guys are referring it to me it must be a good it must be a good place to work right that's what I thought anyway so usually how it works in Germany I and I think it differs from company to company that you have a probation period and sometimes that probation period can be three months sometimes it can be six months sometimes it can be longer now technically since I started working in December my probation was I think around May. I uh, was ending around May, and one month later when when my then boss thought that I, I had my probation end they told me that basically I think my probation was according to them ending in three days and they told me three days before this that they had decided that they wanted to extend my probation by I think three or four months and that they were not happy with what I was doing because of you know blah 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 like the change in leadership no clarity of goals um, no clarity of output so on and so forth and basically they told me that if I was not okay with with this extended probation uh, which consequently was, was told to me that it was a job that I had not approved of so I had to completely change my role I had to be doing PR and doing different things in German which I was not comfortable with doing that was not what i signed up for that was not what the job offer that i had in the beginning was and what really annoyed me was that it was never discussed with me it was never told to me that we want to completely change your role because uh, of xyz reasons and that your probation would be extended like if i had been given a longer notice or i had been told hey this is what we're thinking of doing or if i had been even included in this conversation that we want to completely change your role then maybe things would have gone differently so i was basically told i was called into a room and i was told in the next three days you get to decide whether you want to take this new role that we decided on an extended probation so we're still not sure if we want to keep you around but let's do this that we put you on an extended probation on a new role or you could just take your two weeks notice and leave right now and that's it and i was not given any evidence as to why this was being done to me besides just generic talk of how they didn't think that I was good enough at some parts of my job and when I asked for proof when I asked for evidence I wasn't given any I got responses like we heard it from Sami for a colleague that you didn't want to work with them or that you were not nice to them and um, and a concrete example that I was given actually still makes me laugh so much it was that I messed up a translation in German while my then boss was telling me that he wants to extend my probation so uh, during the same day is when he expected me to not screw up a translation in German while putting me under that stress and that pressure and using that as an excuse later on of why I should be relieved of my job, right? Um, And by the way, German is not even my second or my first language. It is my third language. I literally only studied German for a few months in university. And it is a shock to everyone that I can actually speak German because I never really officially took classes for it. I just had a little bit of grammar here and there. And then I just picked it up from hearing podcasts and um, working with German colleagues and so on. So when I was working there, I was speaking German to make my colleagues comfortable to make the team comfortable because the majority of it was German I was not doing it because I was comfortable in it because I was definitely not and to use this as a reason was a really really low belt especially on the same day that you're telling me that you want to get rid of me I was really annoyed long story short I was basically just bullied and I was told that if I didn't accept the changes that they had in mind then my only other option was to leave so I was clearly told that and uh, when I tried to get in touch with the company leadership in the next days and see if this was a mistake maybe there was some other way out maybe Maybe I could uh, find a different contract. Maybe I could find a different path ahead. Give me more time to decide. I was told that there was no option. It was either what they wanted me to do, uh, which was completely change my role without having made any discussion with me, and still put me on probation. So basically, still test me for an indefinite period of time. Or I was I was free to just leave. I, was, I could take my two weeks notice and uh, and leave. And and then while I, while in this discussion, I was also met with um, with talk like why I wasn't staying at work until dinner and um, other stuff like why was I out taking lunch. Um, And obviously all of this just pointed to me how poor this company's culture was and especially the leadership culture. I don't think that I have any uh, beef with any of my ex-colleagues because I think I enjoy my time with everyone, no matter who Um, who would have talked crap about me behind my back that's their problem but I actually really had fun with everyone who was there I just wasn't okay with the way the leadership was running the company and the way that they were treating me um so at this moment this was a really huge crossroads moment for me in 2019 this was summer of 2019 that this was happening to me and I at this point my blog was starting to take off but it wasn't at the point where it was like making a lot of money or where I could think wow I could just sustain myself with my blog like it was nowhere there it was making some money but it wasn't like regular or expected like there there was no predictable path. Now me being me and being a huge follower of, um, I'm, I'm someone who is really hugely into spiritual development. And I really do believe in science. And I do believe in the concept of having, you know, of learning from the, the experiences that we have in life. And when this was happening to me, at first, I was really, really upset. And I felt really lost. And I felt really disappointed, um, not just in myself, but also in my choices. And in the fact that I wasn't more diligent. When I was joining this company, I wasn't more diligent, I sh- probably should have spoken to a few other people to see how the experience was. And I also was very scared of my future because I was living in Germany where I would be kicked out if I didn't have a job, right? Because I was a foreigner. I was an immigrant. I wasn't allowed to stay there if I didn't have a job. So I was very, very scared at this point. And um, I didn't know what to do. I was very confused. A couple of my friends uh, thought that I should do the safe thing and I should just look for another job and maybe just move from my previous job permit to a new job permit. And things would be easy then because it would kind of be a continuation of the permit that I had, right? If I found a new job. At this point, my heart was really not into doing, um, doing a job anymore. And I think the biggest reason was because when you look at the experiences that you have in life, sometimes they happen for a reason and sometimes they happen to show you that you're meant to be doing something else. So I took this as a big, big neon colored sign from the universe that even after being treated with so much disrespect and, not, and where no one wanted to really hear my side, I actually didn't think that I wanted to ever work in a toxic culture like that again. I didn't want to be a part of such a such a place i didn't want to be in that corporate slash startup environment where people were treated with disrespect and where i wasn't really um, given a voice right i didn't want to work in a place anymore where i didn't have any impact any any uh, any purpose essentially so even though at this point my blogging side hustle was nowhere near making a full-time income I decided that i was gonna work on my own business and um, i knew broadly that it would be in the field of online business digital marketing i didn't know the exact details of it i didn't know what I would be selling i didn't know what i would be creating because obviously Obviously, this is something that I was doing as a side hustle, but I didn't really know the business side of it. I was just sort of doing it for fun, right? Um, for the longest time. And to be honest, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was like 18. I would think of so many ideas. I would buy things that I would think that I would sell on the internet, but I would never end up doing it because I was too, I think I would chicken out at the last moment, or I would just always worry about what people would think, and I would worry about my um, my image, and I would worry that this would affect my career, you know, trajectory and stuff. Especially when you're in India, you're so you you need to be so careful of what you put in your resume and what you have on the internet because people do do tend to judge you a lot about even having a side hustle Um, something that I think in the in the western world is actually seen as a great thing in in India whereas on the other hand and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong to all the listeners who might be tuning in from elsewhere if that is the case employers don't really like it when you have a side hustle right so I never really put a lot of time and attention into it while I was in India and so at this point I was thinking okay it's either I go back to a nine to five job where I am kind of going to be on an average pay because in Europe pays tends to be very hierarchical you need to spend a lot of years before you get promoted and so on and so forth or I could basically just start a new chapter I could finally go ahead and be an entrepreneur and start my own business. So this was the the dilemma that I was in, right? But in this dilemma, there was a massive catch. And that was that without a job or without a valid reason to stay in Germany, I wouldn't be allowed to stay and live there. So in order to do a business, I would have to switch to a business residence permit, which means if my business plan and my background and my credentials were not accepted by the authorities in Germany, then I couldn't really live and work there. I would have to then come back to India and start my business here. or I would have to go to another country, like whatever which allows this kind of business if I wanted to and then do my business there. So I was terrified at this point because it was um, not only doing something that I of, had always dreamt of doing, but I never really took the leap off, but also doing something that I didn't know would work. I was uncertain. I was unsure. I didn't know if this would work out at all. But I decided that that life had given me an opportunity to make a decision. And and the the events that happened, I don't blame them because I am actually thankful to everything that happened, because I think if Things didn't blow up in such a way i would have always hesitated to jump into my own full-time business and i would have always procrastinated about it so i'm really really glad that the, that the events worked out in the way that they did because that was a huge ginormous sign from the universe to just do my own shit so i'm really happy that i took that sign and anyway so so during this period i went to the notary um which i guess is pretty similar process everywhere in the world i registered my business officially i registered a UG, which is um Unternehmensgesellschaft, which is like a mini version of a gmbh which which is a proper private limited company in germany and or actually it's called haftungsbeschränkt i think um the uk which is basically a easier less loophole version a less bureaucratic version sorry of opening a company in germany specifically for startups so that they can start with the lower capital and then they can just sort of put in more capital as, it, as the time goes, right? So I went to a notary. I registered my business. I checked the name and everything if it was available uh, in the country. You can do that pretty simply online as well. I opened a bank account because in order for the notary to really send a notice to the trade register, which is where your business needs to be registered, you need to have a business bank account. So I opened a bank account. I deposited my capital and like the initial share capital. And then I sent those documents to my immigration lawyer. So basically at this point, I had no confidence that I would be able to do this myself because from everything that I'd heard, this was a really really tough feat this was something that wasn't very common and a lot of I mean personally I don't know a lot of foreigners that went through this process so especially foreigners outside of EU um, and outside of US and outside of Canada so foreigners who are not from these premium countries where Germany loves to host them so (laughs) foreigners from countries where immigration rules are stricter essentially is what I mean but I highly highly recommend going through a lawyer so I got through a lawyer I I went through a lawyer sorry and she was helping me in getting my business permit she was getting all my documents in order she was setting up all the things that I need to do, all the documents that I needed. No one really in my circle of friends knew how they could help me. Nobody at the university knew how they could help me. And nobody really had any concrete information because this is such a different stream of immigration law that most people don't know anything about it most people or most foreigners who come to Germany come for a job they get a work permit and so on and so forth strangely enough the first meeting that I had with my, my lawyer I still remember sitting in that room being so scared because I had no idea what she would tell me I had no idea what she would say because lawyers are usually very straightforward and they usually will tell you if you have a chance or not and she was very very pessimistic about my uh, m- about my plan and she said um so honestly shuti I don't think you have a great chance of making it because I've had cases where foreigners have already established businesses for example in Russia in Dubai and stuff like that and they've started to they have tried to come to Germany and start their business there and they haven't been able to get a business permit approved and these are people with a lot more capital a lot more experience they're older and they're the traditional stereotypical business owner profile like old white man with a lot of money preferably bald and has business elsewhere just kidding. Um, guys, don't be offended if um, if you're if you're German and listening to it. Anyway, point being that she said that I had a very low chance of actually getting accepted and it's very likely that I wouldn't. But she tried to suggest to me that maybe I should try being a freelancer, or do other things which would make it easier for me to, to get a permit uh, and then later on do my business. And I was like, no, uh, because I was so sure at that point that I didn't want to deflect from this path anymore because it felt like I had been pushing this path in my life for so long. I had been so scared to jump into this thing that I always knew in my bones that I was supposed to do that even though i had no business like no concrete business plan i had no idea if i would get this permit or not i had no idea if anything would work out i told her no i'm going to give this a shot and i'm going to try it my way and if it doesn't work then i'm going to go back home to india and i'm going to do my business there that's it i actually don't care at this point i would love to stay here i would love to be in this country and i would love to contribute to it but if they don't want me here then it's okay i can go but she did tell me that there was one thing that was working in my favor and that was that i had studied in germany so i did have a masters degree there so i had a background there as well that might actually solve Losted my chances a little bit, because usually when foreigners apply for business permits, they have never been to Germany, they've never lived there, they don't have um, this this background that I did, which was having studied in Germany and worked in Germany before, right? So anyway, I got on to work, and um, while this was going, sim- these these are parallel events happening, um, the process was going on from my lawyer's end, we sent our application in December of 2019 to the foreign office, and then we just waited for them to get back to us. I got on to work, and I launched my first product in, uh, I believe, Jan of 2020. I think it was the second week of Jan, if I'm not wrong and honestly i was terrified of doing this because it was a completely new niche for me i was in a completely new industry i it was not at all related to my previous blog because my previous blog was a lifestyle blog that i was kind of doing for fun and i didn't really have a business plan behind it and this was a completely different niche so i was getting into social media marketing which coincidentally i had been very interested in because i was doing it on the side but i never really did it as a business i never really had a plan behind what product i would be selling so the first product that i sold was pinterest traffic explosion which we don't offer anymore yeah we've Actually expired that course and it's re- not expired sorry we've retired that course and I, it's not available anymore but uh, we have basically evolved that into a much better version probably three four 5.0 version of it which is called the Pinfluence academy right now and at that time i had no audience i think i had like three or four hundred people in my email list i had some instagram following but that was basically following me for travel so they had no idea that i actually wanted to do a business in the marketing field and i was like okay screw it i'm gonna go ahead and launch the, the product anyway no matter if I get any sales or not, I need to do it to just learn and experience this process because that's what being a business owner is like. You have to create a product or a service and you have to sell it because if you don't sell it, then you're not in business, right? So when I sold it, I made like two or three sales, I think that landed me probably $500 in that first official month in business so that this is Jan 2020. Now, obviously this was not a major confidence booster. If anything, I was very sad after it and I was like, oh my God, I'm never gonna make it. Uh, this is not enough money to keep me going. I can't even reinvest in my business with this money and I still don't know what's gonna happen. And with my permit and so on and so forth but i just kept going i think I, after a point when you are really sure about something and you know, you're sure that this is your destiny and i know it sounds crazy to people who don't believe in the concept of destiny i do so call me crazy that's okay but deep down i knew that this was it i didn't know how when where and if things would ever take off but i knew i had to try it and i kept testing my course i kept improving it i came to india and then the pandemic started and then a lot of shit hit the fan i'm not even sure if i'm allowed to say that in the podcast but anyway we'll see if we can beat that out. I continue to take feedback from my customers. I continue to test different price points. I tested my messaging. I tested so many things. And while I was in India, I was basically didn't even have working internet. So I really fell behind a lot on my business and pretty much all I could do was work on my product, improve it and take feedback. I wasn't really able to actively sell anything because I couldn't go on webinars. I couldn't do calls. Uh, My time zone was off from my target audience. My internet was very, very unpredictable. And then the whole pandemic was then just starting. So the whole pressure of that and the emotional stress of that was also there. As well. Uh, but now I think uh, 16, 17 months later, I am so proud of the product that we've created because it is nothing like the course that I just launched at the beginning. I truly believe that there is no other product in the market which can which goes into so much depth and uh, teaches you the exact formula for having success on Pinterest. And I'm not just saying it because I created it. I am basing it on the feedback and the results we've had in the last, last year or so and the feedback that we've been able to get from our community. So anyway, uh, this was going on, and then about eight months later in August 2020, thanks to the pandemic and all the delays it caused, I was finally approved. Yay! Big sigh of relief. Um, However, as with all things immigration in Germany, there's always a catch. So this permit was actually dated back to March. So I then again, now I'm at the same point where I need to approve my permit again and extend it again, all of those things. Thankfully, right now, I don't need to approve it again. I just need to extend my permit. And for that, I had to submit some documents showing how my business did, um, showing how much my own income was from the business and if or whether or not I can sustain myself. Because I think once your business is approved in Germany and once your permit is approved, in Germany. The main qualifying factor that stays for your extensions is whether or not you can sustain yourself in Germany without needing social support, without needing public support. So obviously, as a self-employed person, you don't really have access at the moment, especially as a foreigner to unemployment insurance and things like that. And the German government just wants to make sure that you are making enough money to have a healthy lifestyle in whichever city you're in. Clearly, this differs a lot. So if you're in Munich, this number would be different. And if you're in Berlin, this would be different. And it changes every year. So you never really know how well your business needs to do. But obviously, it has to be making some money. So if you're not making any money, then I guess you have to probably show that you have assets in the business or you have a loan from the bank for your business as well. Thankfully for me, my business is making way more revenue than we expected in the first year, especially during a pandemic. Um, And it's growing, uh, continues to grow at a rapid pace still. And uh, this is a process that is currently ongoing. So fingers crossed, I'll keep you guys in the loop. If you follow me on Instagram, at I'll probably put a post when all things work out and everything's good. Anyhow, so that's my story of how I started my business in Germany. I know it's a very, very long way of telling you what went through it but i tried to really wrap up the last four years and try to put it into perspective for most of you but before we wrap up i also want to share four major lessons that i had during this journey and Things that I believe that if some of you are lost and if some of you are feeling like this and maybe you wanna start your own business, maybe it might help you. First lesson that I had was that when the universe gives you signs, take notice and act upon them. So my gut had been telling me for a very long time um, since I left India that I wasn't meant to be doing something conventional. It was telling me that my purpose was about more than just a desk job to make money for someone else, to make someone else rich, to work without a purpose. But I ignored my gut feeling for a very long time in favor of being comfortable. And even after having taken so many risks as people would call them in my 20s, I still found it very, very hard, incredibly hard to take that leap to just jump into my business full time. And... I think if i was in india at that point it would have been a much easier decision for me because i already had a network of people i could just stay with my parents if i wasn't making any money i could just uh, live off my friends couches or something and just make things work not to mention i already know how business in india works because i had worked with startups and i knew the whole legal process behind it i think the uncertainty of it was massive especially doing it abroad because i never really knew where i would stand and i might have to shut shop in like three or six months and leave. But deep down, I knew this was my calling. I knew that all the signs in my life were pointing to this. I knew that all the rejections that I had faced from the jobs that I had applied, all the things that were told to me in my 20s, things like I wasn't good enough, things like I wasn't good at sales, I wasn't good at marketing, I wasn't good at blah, blah, blah. All of these different things that had been thrown at me, I believed were for a reason. And that reason was that I was never meant to be doing those things in the long run anyway. And those events were showing me all along that my... Purpose was to do something else, and I had to start taking action on that purpose. And it might sound crazy, it might sound too spiritually out there for you, but that's pretty much my experience. And I really do think that when the universe gives you signs and when you get the same sign over and over again, please. Take notice of what that sign is and try to act upon it if you can. The second lesson that I want to share with you from this process is that if something's meant for you, it will flow. What I've realized in the last five years is that when you have a lot of resistance, if you if there's a lot of obstacles on your way, if there's a lot of blocks and things come out from left, right, and center, and it's always hard, and you get keep getting, you know, the wrong sign, then that means that it is not meant for you. And this is exactly what happened to me in my career. I would end up applying for jobs that I would get rejected from, especially in the last few years. After I was graduating from Germany and I was looking for jobs, I would get rejected from from jobs that I thought, thought I was highly qualified for, but I would be given a reason like, you are too inexperienced for this role or you don't have enough experience in Europe or you're too young or whatever else. And these were totally BS reasons, but I guess all of us have faced those moments where we have applied for jobs where we are way too qualified for or even adequately qualified for, but we haven't gotten them. And basically, I was getting a lot of resistance when I was doing my job search and I was obviously getting resistance after I took up a job, uh, right, as well, based on the events that you already know now. And so, yeah, I mean, when you have a lot of resistance, I think, and it doesn't really even matter if it's just your professional life. I think it's also in your personal life. If you if you keep breaking up with people and if you keep having issues with your friends and if you keep fighting with them and if it's the same toxic crap over and over again, it's not meant to happen. You know, you got to let that shit go. And this is what I have realized from my experiences as well in the last few years, that if something's meant to happen, it is going to flow. It is going to be much more at ease than other things. It doesn't mean that you won't face any obstacles. It doesn't mean that you won't have any difficulties. I mean, look at my experience. I had a lot of difficulties. And even though my lawyer said that I had a minuscule chance that I would get my permit approved, I still got approved. And that to me was a huge sign. It was a huge uh, confirmation from destiny, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, that I was meant to be doing this. I was on the right path. I had no network in Germany. I had no massive funding to show. I didn't have a typical tech startup. I had no German roots. I had absolutely nothing except for the fact that I had lived and studied there for a while. And that was literally the only thing going in my favor. So I truly do, do believe that if something's meant for you, it is going to flow things where you have a lot of resistance because when you face resistance over and over again probably a way for um for science to show you that that's not meant for you so now when i when things don't flow and when I try to do a new project and it's not flowing and I feel blocked and I feel like I face obstacles again and again I have things that come up again and again for that particular project I instinctively know that I need to pause and reflect maybe I need to pivot maybe I need to change something that I'm doing about that project maybe I need to just drop that project completely and start and do something else and this can feel really hard because especially when you invest your time and energy and emotions into things whether that is a job or that is a personal um, relationship it can feel very challenging to want to give up on that because deep down we all obviously all want to make things work but I truly believe that if you continue to face resistance over and over again either from external circumstances or internal circumstances then you gotta you gotta really pause and reflect and think about it if that's really something that you really want and if that's something that's actually good for you or not. The next lesson that I want to share with you is that persistence will be talent any freaking day. Now, I didn't know crap about my business when I started. I did not know how to make funnels. I did not know how to create a product. I did not know how to shoot videos. I did not know how to create a course. I did not know how to sell. I did not know anything. Sure, I was a content creator and I knew about blogging and I knew about how to write articles and, and publish them, but that was not going to help me sell my products online. It can, of course, help you do that, but it would take a very long time for for me to now start a new blog and and, and do the whole process all over again I knew about creating content but I didn't know about creating content in the format that I needed to create to to build my my course business so I had to teach myself how to learn video I had to teach myself how to get over the fear of being on camera I had to teach myself um, I'm even teaching myself right now how to get over the fear of being on a podcast and I have never done these things before. I had never done these things before. I had worked with businesses. I had worked with startups. I had led teams and startups, but I had never started a business on my own in this field and ever done anything about it. So everything was brand new to me, but I refused to let to hold myself back. One thing was very clear to me that just because I wasn't an expert, it didn't mean that I wasn't good enough. It didn't mean that I couldn't make it. So I reminded myself over and over again that every expert is a beginner. Everyone I admire in this industry and any other has started once. Anyone that you admire in your industry, all the the big leaders out there people that you probably know are people who did not start out as an expert if anything they started just with you know jumping with everything they have and then figuring stuff out as you go along so I didn't really let my fear of not being an expert hold back um, because if that were the case I would have to wait until I was 50 before I would be uh, fit enough to start a business right Um, I would have to wait until I was experienced enough something that I was told all my life in the corporate world that I'm not experienced enough for this job and so on and so forth and today when we welcome dozens of students in our program every single month, I don't doubt myself anymore. I mean, of course, I do have moments where I feel low and I feel like, uh, Am I gonna make it? Is this gonna get better? and so on, which is typical, I guess, for any entrepreneur. But I don't doubt the fact that I am um, not good enough. I think I am as good as I want myself to be and I'm as good as I believe myself to be. And I know that if I stay on track and if I'm consistent uh, and I do something with perseverance, I can actually make it because everything that I have built has been through that. I have not had anyone help me uh, build anything in the last four years besides, of course, a lot of emotional support from my friends and family. And I'm so indebted for that and my community on social media that helps me out as well. I'm really, really thankful for that. But I mean, when it came down to doing things, there was no one going to the notary and and filing for my permit. There was no one meeting my lawyer and talking to them about what are my chances of, of getting approved. I had to do all of these things through experience, even though I had never done them before. And so that's why I think you don't need to wait until you're an expert. You don't need to wait until you have everything figured out. You don't need to wait until all your ducks are in a row. Because if you do, that, that will never happen. Perfection is just a myth that has been created by people who love to procrastinate. So you got to just take what you have and move forward. And that's the mindset that I've had since day one and that's the same mindset that I continue to have and I believe this is categorized in psychology as the growth mindset so if you're interested in learning about it go ahead and um, check that out and the last lesson that I want to share with you is a lesson which is not a tactical lesson again and it is a spiritual lesson which I have also experienced in my last couple of years and that is you create your own reality you create your own reality now it sounds like a lot of spiritual woo-woo but it's a hundred percent true at least for my life. I can't speak for anyone else because I haven't lived their life, but I have lived my life, and I truly, honestly, deep down believe that I can create my own reality, that I am the creator of my dreams, I am the creator of my life, and I can do what I want to do if I want to do it, and I can bring that into existence. I want to live abroad, I made it happen. I wanted to start my own business, I made it happen. I wanted to be my own boss, I made it happen. I wanted to impact people through my work, I made it happen. And obviously, a lot of things have worked around and moved around to make that happen, but none of this would have been possible if I did not believe that I could make it happen. It's one thing to just go out and execute and take action, but it's another thing to believe. And I see this so often when I meet people and I talk to them. A lot of us dream, dream of doing these things. My friends who are not happy with their jobs, they dream of doing something else. They dream, they dream of X, Y, Z things. But deep down, we don't believe we can achieve them. Deep down, we don't believe that we deserve them. And this is what, what happened to me for the longest time as well. I was playing the victim instead of playing the creator role. Right? I was being the passenger instead of being the driver in my life car and this is a struggle that I went through a lot as well and I had to face and I had to move past it and I continue to work on it every single day there are moments when I do feel down and I feel like oh my god maybe this is something that I that I don't think I can do Um, but then I have to coach myself out of it I have to coach myself into believing that yes it's possible yes it can work and yes it's doable and I really have coached myself outside of this mindset because if it were not the case I would not be doing what I'm doing today I would always hold myself back thinking that's too tough that's too hard this is not gonna work that's not gonna work and I think when you have that mindset you could you will never make anything work because you will always find excuses and you will look for reasons outside of yourself to blame basically with the victim mindset where things are happening to you and not for you and this is something that really changed for me I truly believe that events in my life even the bad events have happened for me so that I can take my lessons from them and move on and not make the same mistakes again and I truly believe it is the case but at the end of the day it's everyone's own decision as to what they do with their own life today after all of these events I don't believe in the word impossible anymore. I don't believe in the word that something is not doable or not achievable because I don't think anything is. I think the world is abundant. I think there's more than enough to go around. I think the universe is abundant. I think we are abundant. I think I am abundant, you are abundant. And I think if we really wanna make something happen, we can. This episode is brought to you by Pinfluencer Academy, the only marketing program and community that will help you grow and monetize your influence with Pinterest. If you're ready to fast track your success, then you'll find the link to our free Pinterest training in the description box. See you there.